What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. Welcome back. We got a cool one for this one, you guys this time. This one's uh, one that we've, uh, we've been kind of looking forward to talking about. I'm very excited about this episode. Yes, we've got, a, we've got a bit to say about this one. We have a bit of experience, you could say. Yes, we have a few we have a few things to say about this particular background. It's one that uh, mm-hmm. is very near and dear to our hearts. Yes. And that would be... The Dalish Elf. The Dalish Elf. We're going to talk about the Dalish. So excited. We're going to talk about running off to the Dalish. But first... But first, uh, we'll go ahead and start moving through. We've got no no news at this time. Um, we know that books are being worked on right now, so uh, be, do be patient with us. Folks are working real hard on everything. Yep. Hang in there. Yeah. It'll come eventually, and until then, we've got plenty of Dragon Age to work with right now. All uh, kinds of fun stuff. Too. Yes. So, uh, to help you folks work with a bit of that Dragon Age goodness, we're going to uh, go ahead and, res- and consult our codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the codex. We have two quick questions for you this time. Um, let's see, one of our habitual, let's see, our habitual question asker is, is back. Um, we'll get to you in a second, Parsible. But first, mm. uh, newcomer question ask, uh, asker, Donald Cowie. Hope are, we're pronouncing that correctly. He gave me a pronunciation guide. Was very Whoa, kind, yeah, nice. He was very kind of him. I appreciate it. So well I don't done. To, yeah, so I don't butcher your name. Thank you, David. Donald. Don, you, <laughs> no! Oh, what have I done? <laughs> No, oh, I was that, doing so great. That was a Phenidus. I, I promise that wasn't scripted, you guys. That oh. was too beautiful for us to have planned. Oh man! Mithel Thank you, Su- Donald. Sumedine. Thank you. Thank you, Donald Cowie. We appreciate it. We got it. You got. You sent the question <laughs> into us. Why don't we read it now? Hey, his question was. <laughs> I truncated this a little bit. <laughs> so. Uh, De- Donald. Hey, Donald. Your name's Donald. Uh, your question, uh, in brief, was in 5th edition. You were, ta- you, you were talking about how you had a uh, background with 5th ed. Uh, you have an ability score cap of 20. If you wanted to put a, uh, into play an ability cap, what number should this be? And mm. thankfully, Dragon Age already kind of has an answer for us. The technical ability cap is 12. Oh. For an ability score. It, does, it cannot go any higher than that. Well, it's simply because if you happen to like get the the bonus and you start with a four mm-hmm. and you put every single point in you can't yeah, get past 12 correct 12 at least if you're going to level 20 12 is the highest that an ability score can possibly by the math get and mm-hmm. even then i you have to you have to work really dang hard to get it there yeah that will cost you that's like yeah, a lot pouring every ability point that you get into that score how the others started, are all staying yeah, exactly right. where they are yeah you've got to start it with like at least a six i think it's only possible with like two how backgrounds do you, how do you start with a six um you can start with uh, a four kunari then, for example the kunari characters both of them get a strength boost and, and then both of their one of the things on the table is you can get another strength another strength boost. Boost. so you so could you, end up with a six you can start with a six and then you gotta pour every point that you get into that because it gets really expensive to uh, make uh, point and make uh, ability scores go up after, especially once you hit uh, like five and you get to five and six, um, and just getting to just getting into nine is real real tough, and then mm-hmm. getting it past there requires a lot of work. Yeah, my magic just hit nine in, in our home game, but only because I have a staff that is raising it by two. So. Yes, it's pretty sweet. It's a nice staff. It's a very nice staff. I like it. Uh huh. Um. So. Uh, Donald, buddy, <laughs> friend. Uh, you, so the answer to your question is the, the game. The game is already kind of built that it caps at twelve uh, because just because it's really dang hard to get any higher. Yeah, the uh, it's also not particularly easy to min max without putting yourself in some serious danger. It's and true. I know that's true for just about any game. It's true. But the way that uh, the way that points progress makes it a bit difficult to over to really 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 pump a stat to a ridiculous point yes 
That said, I could see if you wanted a lower-powered game, mm-hmm. you might set, like, a max of five in each stat. Yeah. Just mm. if you wanted everybody to be lower-powered. It's really up mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. But uh, 12 is technically the cap because you really yeah. literally cannot go any higher. There are a couple of monsters that got made uh, that had, a, I think, uh, they were in, like, um, the uh, PDF that Green Ronin made for um, just, like, straight-age products. Uh, back before Fantasy Age was a thing, they had... They had a uh, a greater giant stat block that I think had a fourteen strength, and that's actually that's nuts. Come to think of it, is there a race or a bat? Not race. Is there a background that adds plus to magic? Um, I, I believe the um, the Tevinter the the uh, no, not the well. I think a couple of the Tevinter ones do. Um, but you know, we got the book right here. We could look. I know that the Circle Mage increases your magic by one. Okay. Well, and does it have something that increases your magic by one on it? I don't think it has it on the table. Okay. Then I you have... could get up to a thirteen in magic yeah. if you had the staff. Yeah, of if Partholin. you have the staff of Partholin, which is what you got. Yeah. Just saying, you, mm-hmm. it is possible with items too. Yeah. Anyway, that was. I just had that thought. And if you'd like technical ch- thought, right? If you check out our blog and a couple of our item conversion things, there's a couple of ability increasing items that are written in there. So if you want to. Push it to the limit, Donald. Go for it. You're just going to keep saying Donald as often as you can now. Exactly, yeah. So I can bury bury the mistake in correctness. (laughs) That's how that works. Thank you. Thank you for your question. (laughs) Thank you for your question. All right. Uh, And we'll step over into the Parsifal Corner because we have another great question from Parsifal and the Green Running Forums. Thank you again, Parsifal. As always, we love what you bring. Mm Mm-hmm. So... You asked, uh, regarding my next habitual question, I would very much like to hear your thoughts on the stats that Platinum Warlock has designed for Inquisition-era foes and posted on the Green Running forums. I've given some feedback myself. As an experienced GM, I'd be fascinated to hear your own assessment. My campaign is set during the age of, uh, dr- the events of Dragon Age Inquisition. And that makes an excellent segue into our next segment, in which we'll be talking about that, because we'll be o- uh, opening our books to the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. Uh, Of course, but... (sighs) Bam! Flawless Mm. segue. That was an amazing segue, except you didn't technically answer his question. Well, we're gonna gonna kinda answer it here, because we're gonna see our Dissonant Versus, our fan creation spotlight. Secret Um, double section combo. Heck yeah. Um, we're going to see, we're going to be taking a quick look at Platinum Warlock's stats for the adversaries in Inquisition era. Welcome, Platinum Warlock. You are, it's apparently your first time poster here. You've been lurking for a little while, but you've got a couple of things that you've already put down. And let's see, you started with a stat block for Uncle Novik, which I believe was one of your NPCs. And then you started jumping right into the Templars, the Red Templars specifically. Oof. So you already included stats for a Red Templar. Uh, a behemoth and a red templar shadow uh, all enemies that show up in the new dragon age inquisition uh, that haven't gotten a spotlight just yet because we think that there's supposed that there's an inquisition book supposedly on the way and until then uh, we've got fan creations which are pretty sweet up to this point and from what we've seen uh, Parsifal, i kind of have to echo you i, re- I like what i see um, especially since uh, all these red templars behemoths and red templar shadows uh, oh, and Red Templar Horrors. I'm sorry. I scrolled down a little farther. Uh, but you also included um, stats and uh, let's see, and mechanics for Red Lyrium Infection. Ooh, I being, wondered about that. Yeah. For being infected with Red Lyrium. <coughs> uh, the Lyrium that has the corruption of the blight. So, um, you, you, you uh, Platinum Warlock hits us with a double whammy. Uh, with lots of red lyrium coming our way, and then he also throws in uh, a terror demon and a despair demon for good for good measure, which are both quite nice to have. Well, I mean, not well, not if you're fighting them. I, I mean, I suppose that's fair. Yeah, they're I not don't very like them. No, they're not very kind. But they do look like solid stat blocks. Yes, they do. Um, I already made a couple of suggestions for the terror demon on the forums. Uh, I thought that it should be able to cast the horror spell. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that times. would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and uh, he left out this scream thing that the terror demons like to do, is just kind of scream, makes everyone start moving slower, and eventually knocks everyone down. Um, I already made a suggestion for that on the forums, and uh, let's see, I think that the despair demon should be a little bit tougher. 
Uh, because right now it has a, it's a minor level threat, but man, I do I do not think of those guys as minor level threats because they're jumping all over the place, shooting a bunch of cold magic at you, and um, getting and seeing getting pretty spooky. Well, there. to be fair, you also have your uh, almost of your combat sort of mind has mm. to be set at level seventeen these days. I mean, it's it's true. Could be level eighteen. <laughs> it could be level eighteen very soon. But uh, because of that, that could also be slightly skewing what you see as difficult. It's fair because you're usually dealing with mm-hmm. stuff way up in the. I thought high the uh, terror demon and the despair demon probably should have had their threat levels swapped at the very least because despair demons are not fun to fight, especially if you're a melee character because they're very mobile. They have a lot of ranged attacks and they're very good at slowing people down, which is, with with ice magic and it's pretty sweet. And the terror demon is good at scaring the pants off of people. I like in the game that they're named after different fears, and then the one mm-hmm. in the corner is, ironically, spiders, because they all look like spiders. <laughs> yeah. That makes, that makes me a little happy. Mm-hmm. So, um, Platinum Warlock, excellent work. It's really it's it's cool. It's good to see folks may still making some stuff and stuff that folks can go ahead and start using right away, especially for <laughs> folks who are playing in Inquisition. And mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of folks are really eager to play in Inquisition. And Maybe I, we will one day. Yeah, I really particularly like how you've made individual unique stunts for all of these creatures. Yes. Actually, you've yeah. made unique stunts for every single one of them, and that indicates a great deal of thought of you know time and thought put into yeah, these definitely. and i think it shows i really yeah. i hope we see some of these mm-hmm. in future in our future endeavors definitely so a lot of good work <laughs> and of course listeners if you'd like to check out platinum warlocks uh, stat blocks for red tem for red templars and for demons and for the red lyrium infection we'll be posting a link to the thread and you can take a look and uh give your own thoughts see what you think adjust them if you need if you need them or if you need them to be adjusted or uh take them as they are there's some pretty cool stuff in there we highly recommend checking it out so parcel i hope that answers your question and uh <laughs> platinum warlock nicely done um and of course these are still being updated and they're going to be uh, probably going to be other stat blocks that are added to that same thread so stay tuned platinum warlock i'm sure has got more stuff in store for you mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, you can find this and other submissions archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, wondersofthetispodcast.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content, send us your own. So, uh, oh, or if or, you have any questions you would like to send, yeah. because we didn't get to do this for the questions Because we're, we're, we're squeezing it all in Because it's here. a times two combo. Yeah, times two combo. <laughs> times Let's two efficiency combo. And, or if you'd like to ask us a question about the Dragon Age RPG, any question at all, if you'd like to give us some custom content, let us know about some that you found. You can send a message to the one is a Thetis podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Cot the Protector and Healer Puff on the Green Running Forums. That's me. And me. I will maybe sometime check mine. You should probably send it to Cot the Protector. I'm, <laughs> I'm very bad at being on forums. I'm, I am on like every day. I'm checking things out and seeing what people are talking about. It's always really exciting when when new when new things come in, and and it's 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 really cool because we're getting all these new folks coming in and being like, hey, first time first time poster. I've just taken this game up for the first time. What do you think about this? And they're already making stuff. I love I love that. I hope that any of you out there who have burning questions or things you want to talk about or really just want to get involved with the podcast, I know what it's like to be kind of nervous about putting yourself out there, but. Uh, and especially those of us who play games like this, some of us have a tendency to be a bit shy. But we don't bite, and we would really like to hear what you think. So yeah, absolutely. I would really love to see more from our lurkers and our first-time posters and what have you. We're really not that scary. We're decidedly unscary. Decidedly not intimidating. However, you know what can be intimidating? The Dalish. When they got a bow pointed at your face because you're a human. Yep. Yeah, yeah the... you should be less a part of the culture that has caused them so much grief. Mm-hmm. Well. Should have thought of that before you were born a human. That maybe isn't super fair. You shem. <laughs> shem. So perhaps we should begin our main topic. I think we should. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So, you're a Dalish elf. You took the Dalish elf background. First good of choice. all, yeah, good choice. 
But I, uh, I think at least Three. more, at least at least half of my PCs uh, that have been in this campaign have taken the Daily Shelf background. Yeah, well, Couple... it's a very elf-focused campaign. So it's true. It's not surprising. Yeah, I only got one city elf so far. But she's I... important, and she seems to get the most uh, airtime on this podcast mm-hmm. for some reason. What's the deal, Callian? What's <laughs> the deal, Callian? She had Callians in our heads. That's all the problem. The time. So, uh, if you want to turn to page 18 of your core rulebook, you can see the background for yourself. You can see uh, the bonuses to stats, uh, the choices of focus you got, and, of course, your uh, benefits table that you can roll on. Um, It is worth pointing out, uh, right out of the gate, that the Dalish uh, Dalish Elf is one of the very special backgrounds that lets you play any class. Yes, this was not true, I don't think, in the original uh, box Mm -hmm. set. In the original box set, that was not true. And I had to start this character as an apostate Mm -hmm. instead of as a Dalish Elf. Yeah, I think it ended up being pretty much the same. We ended up up altering things when it altered. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, one of the beautiful things about being a Dalish Elf is you can play any class. Mm-hmm. There's a lot for stuff for, for the elves to do. Of course, keep in mind, as we've said this before, and we'll say it again, if you are playing a Dalish mage, you are effectively playing an apostate as far as the role-playing constraints are concerned. Yes. Nobody wants you to do magic. At least, no humans do. And you're a mage who doesn't worship the maker. You're not in a circle, so you are very much an apostate. The gasp. <laughs> Pentagasp. <laughs> oh, oh, fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast now you're done no okay okay maybe not okay you have all the notes right um we'll do a quick history of the dales because how can we talk about the dalish elves if we don't know at least a little bit about the dales um of course we all know that the El- that um the experience of the elves of Thetis has been colored by human oppression for for many different eras um the most powerful human oppression was, of course, when the elves uh, had Arleth, uh, when the Inventor Imperium came, um, and elves may have having first contact with the humans and even started losing their mortality and dying from diseases. Eventually, mm-hmm. the Imperium took the Dale, took the elves, um, and the elves became slaves for five hundred years. Um, but right after the first blight ended, Andraste uh, happened. Andraste happened. She started preaching about this guy, about this weird dude called the Maker. What? She had some. Elven allies who uh, mm-hmm. revolt helped to revolt against Tevinter, and uh, eventually, at least the people mm-hmm. who betrayed Andraste still rewarded yes. our Elven. Comrades. Although the battle was lost, and uh, and the leader of the Elven uh, the Elven slaves Shartan was slain yeah. um, just before uh, Andraste's execution. Uh, Mafaroth and his sons did, in fact, keep their promise to the Elves, who helped them. Let's see, who helped them f- uh, fight the rebellion. And they gifted them the Dales into the south, across the Waking Sea. A forested kind of, see, a forested part of the country that was just for them, just for the elves, for the people who, let's see, for the people who Andraste called, uh, for the people who Andraste called brothers and sisters. Yeah, it was probably pretty nice. Yeah. And then the Dale, the, then the elves began the long walk, walking from all across Thetis, Sometimes with nothing but rags on their back and barely any food, just walking straight to the Dales. Many died on the way there. Oh, yeah. But for all the folks who made it, they thought it was absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Because then they established Halam Sharal, uh, which I believe is El- was Elven for the journey's end. Mm-hmm. Which became the new capital of the Dales, and the elves began to try and rebuild what they had lost. They had been slaves for 500 years, so they had lost most of their culture and most of their language. And they wanted to... Uh, Preserve what they had, yeah. restore what they could. What little they could remember, uh, what little they could remember, they then kind of bridged the gaps with a lot of with a lot of new cultures that came out uh, uh, because of the Dales. And it was nice for like two and a half centuries. It's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then after the second flight ended, tensions were getting a little high between the humans and the and the, and the elves. The elves had been a little isolationist because, understandably, after being slaves to humans for about five hundred years, they didn't really want to have much to do with the humans. They even established a uh, nightly border patrol called the Emerald Knights. Mm-hmm. And um, after some skirmishes happened, and of the elves eventually uh, took a village called Red Crossing, and even managed to march on Valrao. The let's see, that's the, when the yeah, that's uh, when the Chantry, March got that's called. when the Chantry called the Exalted March, and they destroyed the elves. They tore through the uh, through the Emerald Keepers, pushed them all the way back to the Dales, and sacked Halam Sharal. The Chantry, in its infinite generosity... Infinite 
then generosity. Offered, then offered the survivors the chance to live alongside the humans as it as uh, citizens. If, citizens. Of I course, hope you can hear they, all of the air quotes <laughs> I'm putting around these words. If they converted to the Maker, of course, oh, they of didn't, course. didn't want them worshiping that pantheon of gods that they already had. Yeah. So, so it sounds like a loser. The thing people who it. came to live with the humans uh, very bitterly and begrudgingly became the city elves. But the people who didn't, who chose not to, said that they would never bow, that they would never again submit, and they became the Dalish. Mm-hmm. And even though the Dales are long taken. Dale Shells retain the name to this day. Mm-hmm. They keep that name in remembrance, and they try to remember as much as they can of the old way, the old ways, and the old old ways. Which, unfortunately, to this time at this time is quite little. Yeah, much has been lost. Much, very much has been lost. The elves have have an entirely new identity now. But the Dale Shells are quite proud of what they are. They consider themselves the most elfy of the elves. They're pretty elfy. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that is so great about the Dalish is that this long history that's so detailed but provides so much conflict and so many sort of possibilities for where a Dalish character might want to go. Mm -hmm. The Dalish are an excellent launching point for a lot of different character concepts and story concepts. Oh, yeah. Because you've got your... uh, You've got your... Sort of second class citizen mm-hmm. as aspect that you mm-hmm. can work with, where yeah. you're just trying to find a place to live. Yeah, you're trying to find a way to be respected. You could have a an entire game where all of your people are Dalish who have just you know who just had their entire clan destroyed uh, destroyed by the Chantry, and Looking maybe they're blood, trying to find a way to join. I don't know the Blood Gift of Fenrir. I mean, you could do that. I mean, it sounds like a thing that would be pretty <laughs> depressing. Counterpoint. Don't. <laughs> Maybe not. We could make a big sign that says don't. You could hit people with it. It'd be great. It'd be great. But uh, Dalish elves lead to a lot of different opportunities. Oh, man. As, as, as plentiful as the clans that exist, there are still... there. See, even though it sounds like they're, they're small and scattered, there are still thousands of Dalish elves who are wandering Thetis all over the place. There are dozens and dozens of clans. Um, each and see, and each of the clans has their own has their, like their own cultures, their own things that they remember about. Uh, uh, let's see about El, about Elvanon and the things that they remember about the Dales and and the and Arlathan. So every clan is incredibly different. So uh, I think one of the really fun things about be, choosing the Dalish elf background is that you get to make your own clan. That is pretty awesome. You get to make your own culture. You get to make a lot of NPCs that go along with it because these people have been your family. Yeah, uh, it gives you some strong ties. Mm-hmm. That your GM can thoroughly exploit. Yeah, that's always fun. And uh, very dramatic. Yes, very dramatic. We haven't done that in my in this campaign. No, you've never done any of that. Never. But uh, also the sort of lore on di- how different clans work mm-hmm. shows a large variation in levels of tolerance for humanity and kindness mm-hmm. and yes, general uh, sort of dispositions. Yes. So you can come from, for example, I mean, there was differentiation even between the clan that I, my character in our home game came from and the one that mm-hmm. our friend Nick's character, Thelrael, came from. Yes. Like, mine was fairly enlightened as far as being tolerant and mm-hmm. uh, welcoming of other people. And his kicked him out because they had one too many mages. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, sending him deliberately, like, helping find a placement for him, they kicked him out. Right. Which is something that has been recorded as a thing that happens. Oh, yeah. It definitely happens. So, what's life like in a Dalish clan? Like I was saying, very much depends on the clan. It depends on the clan, which you get to make up. And, of course, there are a couple of example clans if you want to come from a famous clan, like the Sabre clan, which is where uh, an uh, elven warden can potentially come from. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's the clan that, uh, goodness... What's her name? Um, the Mer- the keeper Marith. Uh, you have keeper Marithari, and Meryl is a part of. Was originally a part of. Well, it wasn't the clan she was born into, but she was. The, it was the clan she was given to because they didn't have a mage, or they didn't have a first. Yeah, see, and that's a good example of actually, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. sharing mages. So it's possible that you know that you've probably made contact with a couple of other clans. Uh, so you can even make up some other, make some extra clans, especially if you've got more than one Dalish mm-hmm. elf character. You can have multiple clans. We and, do, and uh, determine how they interact, and that can get you a couple of extra things. Maybe, 
maybe your clan like is doesn't doesn't necessarily like humans, but is okay with you know trading with them or um, uh, see or exchanging things with them or even just you know having let's see drinking with them. And maybe this, maybe the other PCs clan absolutely cannot stand humans. The moment they see a human, they've got the buzz, they've got the arrows trained on the buzz. Yep. It's uh, very, very dependent on mm-hmm. how you want your clan yes. to work. And uh, clans like that definitely exist. There are there are some clans who actually uh, get by by raiding human by raiding human uh, travelers and settlements. Um, some of them are some, some clans are downright bloodthirsty. And mm-hmm. they have, and it's kind of a harsh reality that the Dalish, Dalish people don't have a lot to work with, so they need to take some stuff sometimes. It's true. If you see a Dalish uh, with a metal blade, that is definitely not something that they, that is not something that they made in their clan, uh, because the Dalish are nomadic people. They travel around a lot, and they travel, and see, they travel in their land ships called Aravels, and they, um, they can't afford to stay in one place for too long because it, because especially because they're harboring mages who are technically apostates, it makes sure that the chantry has a moving target to work with. Because if if a clan stays still for too long, there is an ever increasing chance that they that the chantry will take notice and send some templars out yes. to uh, neutralize their keeper. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I think uh, civilized lands just kind of let the Dalish be. Because but it's hard to keep track of. them. It can be hard to keep track of them or find out where they're going, but you know. Templars will be Templars. Yeah, if the opportunity presents itself. They be jerks. Let's see. Yeah. They have lovely ships, though. I love the land ships. Land ships. They got sails on them and wheels and junk. Really, you kind of have to wonder how that design came about, because the sails very much imply a sort of nautical, something nautical mm-hmm. in their uh, intent and in their construction. They actually apparently move uh, easily through the forest because of magic. Because of magic? Magic. It's a lot of sneaky elven magic. Mm-hmm. Sneaky witch thieves. <laughs> that's, that's us. The barbarians might swoop down upon you. Well, swooping can be useful. <laughs> swooping can be okay. But, um... Let's see. You also have access to some very unique creatures like the Hala. The Hala are so cool. Who are They're the Mabari for Dalish characters. They are. It's true. They are beautiful white stags with uh, curling. Let's see, with curling and uh, curling, twisting silver horns, which unfortunately are also quite prized by uh, human poachers. Humans are jerks sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> those humans just being great every single time. <laughs> But uh, the Hala, it is said, have nearly human-like intelligence. Oh, yeah. Not unlike a Mabari does. Mm-hmm. And so having Hala as part of your adventure could be really cool. Oh, yeah. We are making some secondary characters that are lower level to do some other uh, adventures in the timeline that we're establishing. Mm-hmm. These PCs and, uh, are, you know... 17th level and they've there's certain things that we may be a little too high level for they got crazy stuff to do but they lead a whole nation now so they've got folks underneath them they can they can go deal with it they'll do great yep so we're going to be sending out a party of uh sixth level emissaries and Mm -hmm. uh the one that i have created actually has a hala companion yeah and that that sort of thing can be very very good for uh of course these characters will just be used for a couple of one-offs but uh, it can be very useful for building story, especially for you GMs out there. Mm-hmm. If you want to uh, make things difficult for somebody who has a Dalish background in a hala, there are several ways you could make that happen. Oh, yeah. You could also go looking for that golden hala. Oh, yeah, the golden hala. So, uh, there's a couple of jobs that can have to be filled in a Dalish clan. Mm-hmm. No matter um, how different your clans are, I mean, you're mm-hmm. always going to need people to do certain jobs. Yes, and you in particular are probably going to be taking class levels in Mage, Rogue, and Warrior. So what are you doing? Um, it's I mean, I suppose it's perfectly possible you could be a lore keeper. Uh, the Dalish have to tra- have to uh, share their history and their culture, and they do it all or mostly orally. They don't really have they have a couple books mm-hmm. that they keep, but but they're quite rare. Yeah, that is the exception to the rule. Um, so most of it has to be shared by storytelling and oratory. 
So, um, uh, and that is probably going to be something that a lot of the mages are doing because the you know, Dalish clans usually have about one or two, maybe I'd say one, maybe three mages if they're feeling lucky, um, because the keeper of the clan is always a, is a mage. Uh, yes. who is the spiritual guide, the leader, uh, it's the person who decides where they're going next. And um, they're responsible for this clan. Uh, and they have an apprentice, who is usually called a first. Um, and if you are taking a level in the mage class, you are probably going to be the first, unless something bad happened to your keeper a little while ago. Mm-hmm. But odds are, if you're a low-level mage, you are likely a first and not a straight-up mm-hmm. keeper. And you may also be a very rare second. They might Those have a, an additional apprentice. Although the Dalish are usually very wary about having quite so many mages, partially because it draws tam- Chantry attention and partially because the elves don't really trust spirits at all. Yeah, spirit magic is... That is one thing that you will have, will have to contend with as a Dalish mage, mm-hmm. Especially is that mage. the Dalish do not care for spirit magic. It's not quite as bad as, mm. say, I don't know, blood magic, but... Because uh, the sorry, go ahead. But it's uh, definitely frowned upon because, oh, yeah. especially, you know, I can imagine, especially for uh, elves in areas like the Brazilian where the veil is thin, mm-hmm. it's just like inviting an abomination to yes. exist, like creating especially... disasters that they don't have the means oh, to yeah. control. Dalish don't really have means to deal with possession besides killing one of their own, and they'd much rather not do that. Yep. So they're very wary around spirit magic. And that, as we have experienced, can be an interesting counterpoint for mm-hmm. a Dalish mage character. It's true. And you probably still want to do it because telekinetic weapons is still one of the best things in the game. <laughs> it's, it's pretty I'm sad. Just you guys are making good use of it. Well, yes. Um, but uh, besides that little crunch point, mm-hmm. if you are playing a Dalish mage, you are probably not a spirit mage. Probably going to be more going towards creation and primal. Yeah, they have a lot of use of that. I could see entropy as well. Entropy probably happens occasionally. But basically Curse not those. spirit. Curse the shen. And I don't think they do big... They're not big on blood magic either, so... Not really, no. They know the danger of that. Well, yeah. then again, if your clan is special, special in certain ways, maybe you guys do weird... Maybe you guys have a weird... Maybe you have a weird clan. I could totally see a Dalish clan that's like, you know what? Blood magic. Because nothing else has worked so the far. The ends justify the means. But it'll be very, very uncommon to find a clan that is super juiced about spirit magic. So yeah. take that in mind when you are choosing mm-hmm. your uh, schools of magic. We didn't know about it until it was way too late. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of had to right. work around it. So uh, if you're a warrior or a rogue, it's kind of likely that you're probably either like a caravan guard or a hunter. Mm-hmm. Or maybe both. You could also be a craftsperson. You could be, yes. There's no reason you couldn't be and have a bit of combat experience. All Dalish, all Dalish are, cho- are shown how to sh- how to shoot bows. Yes, that should be. And actually, one of the things that you get, excuse me, as part um, of the background, as, well, one of the things you can get in your uh, background role is a proficiency mm-hmm. with bows, even yes. if you didn't normally have it. Mm-hmm. So you could actually be. Pretty good with yeah. bows, even if you were a mage. Yeah, could be a mage shooting bows. Imagine elves with bows. Weird. Yeah, that never happens in any fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, warriors are probably not going to have access to a lot of heavy armor just because the, the Dalish don't have forges. Even if they did, they couldn't move them around while they're while they're because of their nomadic lifestyle. So. Mm-hmm. Any plates that you guys have, you probably stole. And, I mean, when you start the game, you're going to be starting with heavy leathers, and the Dalish can certainly do that. And when they do make plates, they actually work with iron bark. Is there one of the only... Fo- they're the only... Fo- the Dalish are the only ones who have the secret of shaping iron bark. And you can That's actually sweet. make some pretty sweet plate armor out of it. And if you are looking for the best in bow making... Oh, yeah. You will find nothing better than what you will find with the Dalish. Oh, yeah. The they are the ones who have mastered the creation of uh, bows and the like. Sweet bows. They can shape wood, bone, and leather into very, very effective weapons. Oh, yeah. These guys know what they're doing. And so you could easily be somebody who is uh, a weapon crafter. Yeah. You could have somebody who's about to teach you the ways of, uh, let's say, of wood warping. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It could be really dang cool. And uh, I might have to look up some of those crafting rules that uh, we've been talking about on the podcast many episodes ago, I think. 
Yeah, could be really fun though. Yeah. Playing somebody who's a crafter, maybe Definitely. maybe you have a character who's one of their big long term goals is mm-hmm. to craft the finest bow that their clan has ever seen. Yeah. Something worthy of Arlathan. Something worthy of the Elvanon. That would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe somebody should... do that. Somebody do that and tell us about it. And if you make stats for the bow, you should definitely share them with yeah. us. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> make a super cool bow. We would we would love to see it. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. But so, um, there are some other things that you could be. Mm, uh, like, you could be a holla herder. Yeah, someone's you could work gotta, with the holla. Someone's got to take care of all those holla. It's a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Zathrian's clan had, I think, like half a dozen of them that they kept, mm-hmm. and they they pull the Aravel. They let's see, they use them. The holla do not the holla do not the not the holla keeper. Uh, the hollas also are, are are mammals. They produce milk, mm-hmm. which the Dalish actually use to make butter and cheese. Yep. Can get holla butter and holla cheese, mm-hmm. which occasionally can be a decent trading tool. <laughs> I suppose they can. Yes, that's uh, if, especially if you're part of a, a friendlier clan who's willing to trade with humans. Mm-hmm. But uh, raiders, I suppose uh, that would come with being a hunter too. But uh, yeah, skirmishers and raiders could also be yeah, in demand if you're, if you're in a more bloodthirsty clan, or even in a clan that just has to deal with high interactivity with humans. Because yeah. even if you're not a bloodthirsty clan. You will probably be seeing some problems with humans. Yes, and because just because humans can be just as bloodthirsty as you guys, so you have to deal. With, you're definitely going to have to deal with bandits on the way. So people who are good with people who can fight are going to be very valuable. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are speaking of hunters. Yeah, speaking of hunters, we can talk about the three trees. The way of three trees. The ways of the hunter. Um, it is one of the few things about elven religion that has uh, been kept, and it is three tenets that usually uh, worshippers of Andruil will hold to. Uh, Virasan, Virborasan, and Viradalen. The way of the arrow, the way of the bow, and the way of the wood. It's supposed to be, kind of, I think it's supposed to be more allegorical at this point, and more of like, um, more like a, what's the word, uh, I don't say allegory is kind of it's supposed to be more like how you're supposed to treat the world around. It's you. sort of didactic. It tells yeah. you it tells you a moral of a story. It yes, has something to teach. Moral of a story. Wave the arrow. Be swift and silent. Strike true. Do not waver, and do not let your prey fall, and do not let your prey suffer. Uh, a lot of these are also about respect. The way of the bow is as the sapling bends, so must you. In yielding, find resilience. In pliancy, find strength. The Way of the Wood says, Receive the gifts of the hunt with mindfulness. Respect the sacrifices of my children. Know that your passing, your passing, shall nourish them in turn. And uh, one of the things that these three uh, trees sort of does for the Dalish is it helps to give them that sort of nature-friendly, sustainable vibe. Yes. Because it gives some very specific rules on how hunting should go, how one needs to be willing to acquiesce to one's surroundings mm-hmm. and how you need to respect the cycle that comes with it. Yes. Don't overhunt. Or you are, or no one's going to be fed. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't be bloodthirsty. Don't be bloodthirsty. It is unkind and you are not going to be getting Andrew's favor anytime soon. This is probably very hard to hear for some of our angrier Dalish. Definitely, yes. Because there are, there are a lot of angry Dalish, because there are a lot of jerk-faced humans who do a lot of jerk-faced human stuff. Mm. And then the Dalish do jerk-faced stuff right back. Mm. But of course, uh, there's also another path called the Vir Atishan. Yes, the Way of Peace. Mm-hmm. Which is a far less hunter-y thing and a far yes. more... Much more like a teacher or healer or... Mm. Uh... Healing and creation creation of clothes mm-hmm. and hearthkeeping and mm-hmm. what have you. Making the sails for the Aravel. Making all the clothes for the children. Yep. Folks got to make those. Someone's got to weave them. So it could be you. And you could follow Ansiles' uh, way of peace. Mm-hmm. Also a lot of fire. I mean... I mean, probably. She's, she's also about fire. Hearthkeeper. Setting fires to stuff. I can't make fire. Burning down buildings. I just realized that. I can't make fire. Anyway. <laughs> you can't make fire. What's I can't. going on? Just take the first degree of primal and you get a little. You can make a little flaming hand. All right. We're good. But uh, there's lots of different ways that you can oh, yeah. come from, you know, ways that you can be impacting your clan and be mm-hmm. impacted by your clan. Uh, one thing that is also potentially worth knowing is the gods that you worship. 
Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about those, because you have a whole pantheon that you should probably be aware of. All those humans have got the Maker, the Dwarves have got the Ancestors, and the Canari have got the Kuhn. You have, and so you have who are called the Creators. Yep. They're a very, see, they're uh, they're an eclectic group of uh, misfit elves. Yep. For uh, more on them, we're going to talk a little bit about them, but for more on them, and perhaps some pretty advanced super secret knowledge about them advanced check out the trespasser knowledge. dlc in the Inquis- inquisition video game <laughs> yeah you'll learn quite a bit about them there you'll learn some things mm. boy will you learn some things but uh, the elven pantheon is not that big it's just a little over half a dozen but they're all worth knowing because especially because um their their roles and see their roles are very important to a lot of the dalish folks and especially their per their current way of life um let's see in alphabetical order uh, we'll be going to see Andrew of course, as the goddess of the hunt. Mm-hmm. And she is the one who guides the and see, guides your guides your bow and your arrows so that your hunts are successful and you get to feed your clan. A very, very popular uh, deity, especially uh, mm. let's, if you are playing a Dalish hunter or you know, pretty much any sort of scout for the Dalish, mm-hmm. you are probably a worshiper of Andrew Yeah. Meaning, unless you're a spy, in which case you might be worshipping. Mm-hmm. Dirthamin, the god of secrets and knowledge. Mm-hmm. One of the two, one of, one of a pair of brothers uh, of the gods. Let's see, Dirthamin, let's see, goodness, I believe Dirthamin's messengers are owls. And if you ever see weird old statues of owls, especially in the Dale, uh, in the Dales, those are, those were constructed in, uh, let's see, for, they were constructed for Dirthamin. I think. Uh, that or his brother. I oh, know that's right. I think... Fallon Din. Let's see. Fallon Din, his brother. That's who, who is... We're going to uh, skip. Yeah, we're skipping. We're skipping somebody. Skipping somebody important, but... But for... Because these are brothers. These are twin yes. brothers. we got to put them together. Uh, Fallon Din is the guide and friend of the dead and the god of fortune. So, Fallon Din is the one who guides the elves to their resting place after they die. Um, and Fallon Din has ravens for messengers. Mm-hmm. And, and then two... Dirthamin has owls. Dirthamin has owls. Um, I believe that they are brother brothers that are se- that are separated by the fade. Hmm. Hmm. And yet, Lindsay, and yet they are always together. Oh. In the heart. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we discuss the mm-hmm. person that got left out? Yes. Alphabetically. A rather important one, Elgernon, the Allfather, the god of vengeance and the sun. Uh, Elgernon is, I believe, usually accepted as the head of the Elven pantheon. Hmm. Well, at least the uh, sort of patriarchal head. Patriarchal head, yeah. If, if anything, there may be one deity who's a bit more recognized, but... Because she's super cool. Shall she's we... down the list, though. Do we want to jump down the list? No, let's not jump down the list. <laughs> Although, I, uh, Fen Harrell, which is next on our list, Ooh, man. might be someone worth special mention. Yes. Ben Harrell is kind of a bogeyman, especially because of the most, let's see, one of the most recent stories that we don't know, if, let's see, we don't know when it came about, but um, the god, the Dalish gods are imprisoned right now. The Dalish gods are not hearing the prayers of their, uh, let's see, of their worshippers. Uh, and this is explained because, uh, suppose, let's see, the, the da- let's see, the Dalish gods, the Elven Pantheon, who are called the Creators, uh, were at war with um, other gods who were referred to as the Forgotten Ones. Uh, the Dalish don't know their names anymore as, I mean, the Forgotten Ones. I don't, we don't remember who they are, but we remember they were bad. Um, supposedly mm-hmm. they came from the Abyss. But Fen Harel was a god who walked among both. Uh, he was both a creator and he was a Forgotten One, so he could speak to both of them. So... At one point, Fen Harrell, um, see, as the war got bloody, Fen Harrell went to the creators and said, "If you return to the heavens for a time, let's see, we can, end, let's see, I, I can, I can show you how to end the war." So they listened to him and they returned to the heavens. But he also went to the Forgotten Ones and said, "If you return to the abyss for the abyss for a time, uh, I can help you end the war." And they listened to him. All of the gods listened to him. Uh, he tricked everybody. And he slammed the doors on both of them, sealing all the creators and all the forgotten ones away. Uh, let's see, uh, sealing them uh, let's see, in the abyss in the heavens, wherever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. And now he is the only one left. Supposedly, uh, supposedly they they portray him as kind of, as a trickster god, mm-hmm. laughing, holding himself in, in in horrid fits of laughter in the fade uh, for his great mm-hmm. trick. 
And uh, many Dalish clans tend to have uh, statues of wolves Mm -hmm. that they will put out at their camp's borders in order to keep him at bay. Yes. He is not someone who you worship because you like him, unless you're part of the blood gift, but they're an especially exception. Uh, He's a god that you appease so that he does not look your way. Mm -hmm. Because when Fen'Harel looks your way, the misfortune follows you. For more on Fen'Harel, you should definitely play... (laughs) play. uh, Trespasser. Trespasser, which yeah. is part of the DLC in Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. You learn quite a bit of stuff. Uh, next is a cool one. Gillanane. I like Gillanane. She is the goddess of navigation and the mother of the Hala. She is the goddess of currency of the Hala. So if you tend to the Hala, you probably offer a lot of prayers to Gillanane for the Hala to have good health. Yes. And that they pull you, and see, and then they pull your Aravel in the right direction. She. Uh... Wasn't she turned into a Hala? She was made. She was the first Hala. She was actually yes. Let's see. She became a Hala. Let's see. There's a whole story for her, but uh, let's see. But I've forgotten it. I can't. Remember you can look it up yourself. There's a wiki for this stuff. <laughs> of course, that that's definitely a thing one should say when. Stupid shams. So June. <laughs> June is next on the list. June is the god of craft. If you are creating bows, if you are creating bone daggers, if you are an armorer, you probably pay some sort of, uh, at least lip service to June. Mm-hmm. June will uh, grant, let's see, will grant great skill to your craft and make sure that you are and see that any uh, arrows you fi- fire from your bows are going to strike true. Yes. Um, then there's a big one. Mithal, the great protector, the all-mother. She is supposed to be the uh, the great mother of the Dalish, mm-hmm. of all elven kind. Mm-hmm. When Elgrinon had great rage, Mithal soothed him. Mm-hmm. If any is known more than Elgrinon, it would probably be Mithal. Mm-hmm. Mithal is uh, let's see, is also seen as a uh, protector deity, and is often it is called upon for protection, uh, potentially from natural hazards or from shams. Yes. And finally. Well, for more on Mythal. For more on Mythal, you should definitely play that Trespasser DLC. Yeah, or just play Inquisition. You get Play Inquisition. Lot. It's dang cool. Yes. You learn stuff. And uh, last but not least. Silaze the Hearthkeeper. Silaze is the goddess of the hearth and of healing and of fire. So, obviously, fire because mm-hmm. the hearth. Yes. And the goddess of weaving and the creation of cloth and clothing mm-hmm. so if you are playing a healer in like someone who is focused heavily on either the charity talent or creation magic mm-hmm. perhaps you are a, a person with the valislin of silas you worship mm-hmm. silas yes there are valislin for each of these there are valislin design uh, designs that are generally accepted as valislin for each individual deity yes so your dalish elf likely is going to have to pick one of the gods or I suppose there, there's a couple of like general ones if you don't want to necessarily have, if you don't want to have to pick a yeah, specific I'm one. I'm sure you could come up with a general one. But oh, sure, yeah. There are specific, uh, there are specific Valislin that mm-hmm. correspond with each of the deities. There are simple and complex versions for each mm-hmm. of them. Um, and we haven't gotten into it yet. What are Valislin? Oh, geez. Valislin. That's a pretty important, important thing to yeah. talk about, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Valislin translates to blood writing, mm-hmm. and it is the Valislin are the tattoos that you see on every Dalish elf's face. Mm-hmm. If you are an adult, an, an adult Dalish elf, you will have Valislin. It's a rite of passage. It is a rite of passage, and no Dalish will consider you an adult until you have them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily shameful to not have them. No, it just means you are not ready to be an adult. Correct. So I'm going to say some youngsters might get a little ashamed by not getting theirs. Uh... Mm-hmm. quickly enough or as quickly as they want it to be yes well the the reason it's so <laughs> difficult to get them mm-hmm. is that the tattooing process involves i believe it involves lyrium i'm not sure how they're getting it does it, involve but... you know tattooing and i and uh, you actually we don't really know much about it it's yeah. called blood writing though so it's possible it involves a wee it's a little smidge of blood magic bit of blood magic but uh it's apparently quite painful mm-hmm. and if the dalish elf in question cries out at all while having their ta- getting their tattoos, they are considered to be not ready, and the keeper can reserve the right to stop at any time if they feel that the person getting their valislin is not ready for them. Mm-hmm. 
It, there's, no, yep, there's no shame. It just means that you're not ready. Yes. But Valislin are a huge part of being Dalish and mm-hmm. something that the Dalish wear with great pride. Yes. It is a lot of your identity as an elf. It marks and it puts right under your face so that everyone knows, I still keep to the old ways. Yes. Never again. We are the last of the Elvenon and never again shall we submit. Yep. So... Think about what your Valislin will be. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it would be possible if you had a character who was raised by the Dalish, but for some reason was separated or left before adulthood, you mm-hmm. could have a Dalish with no Valislin. Yeah. But... Probably would be quite quite conflicted. Yeah, it would be very difficult to be Dalish and not have Valislin. Mm-hmm. Of some sort. <laughs> but they are very, very important. The Dalish are neat. The Dalish are very, very cool. You gotta be an, you gotta be a Dalish elf. It's cool. You do, you do hmm. cool stuff. It's been a lot of fun, and there are many, many, many sort of adventure seeds and character concepts that can come from the Dalish elf. Mm-hmm. Can do all sorts of things. Obviously, what you pick will determine sort of the path you take your character. Like, if you're a hunter, you're probably gonna be tracking and searching and using perception a lot mm-hmm. that's going to lead you down probably something like an archery path or perhaps yes. a uh like ri- perhaps riding hollow you could be very good at that yeah you can ride the hollow and if you're a keeper you're probably doing lots of primal magic oh yeah or perhaps you're learning oh you know one thing that we've incorporated from the uh fantasy age Mm-hmm. game that I think is very, very appropriate for a, for a Dalish mage uh-huh. is the Wood Arcana. Yes. We yes. Have, <laughs> we have made that into a talent, and I have had a character take it, and it is very, very cool and thematic for a Dalish character mm-hmm. who has the Keeper specialization. Yes. Because the Keeper specialization allows you to use the wild sort of nature around you as your weapon. Mm-hmm. And the wood arcana allows you to actually, cre- you know, grow trees instantly or hide your friends among the forest mm-hmm. and do all sorts of things that seem very, very appropriate to a uh, Dalish theme. Definitely. So oh, if yeah. you're a GM and you've got somebody who really wants to play a straight up keeper, like a mm-hmm. Dalish keeper, consider letting them take the wood arcana from Fantasy yeah, Age because we it. have found it to not be overpowering and to be really mm-hmm. thematic. Might want to think twice about getting the master degree because that's the one you animate a tree and actually have it start walking around and fighting for you. Oh yeah, that's 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 that sounds like some like some crazy spirit magic that's going on in there. That sounds real dangerous. Although it could be very interesting, cause like a long term <laughs> goal. Could make a you could make a, a tree that rhymes. Does that mean that they are a poet tree? You can't just take things from Dragon Age Awakening. And call them your own. That's not allowed. You can't do that. This is the Dragon Age RPG. All of it's mine now. I, I see how it is. <laughs> that was my NPC now. Because he showed up in my campaign. It was great. Actually, he hasn't shown up in our campaign. He, he hasn't shown up You in have a campaign. piece of him, though. I do, actually. That is true. You have the oak branch. It's great. It's pretty cool. It's my other staff. We just thought it was, it was a big stick for a while, and eventually it just kind of woke up. It did. But, um... A good question, you know, is it would it be hard to get a Dalish character involved in an adventure? I mean, it depends on the adventure. Hmm. It's the, the it, Dalish are kind of concerned mostly with themselves. They they try and keep themselves keep every keep to themselves. They don't really want to do much with humans, and completely understandably why they've been let's say they've been subject they've had their home taken away twice and they've been subjugated twice now. Mm-hmm. They really don't want to have to deal with humans these days, but sometimes they might have to. Who knows? Um. So it is definitely a question that is worth asking and talking to your talking to the GM about and GMs that is worth thinking about because um, ideally because this is a tabletop RPG you're going to have to get to grill with a group of people and go save the world ideally mm-hmm. um, but that is probably going to unless all of the PCs are part of the same Dalish clan that is probably going to require that this PC leaves that clan yes. Which should be definitely a big point in the story for that character leaving their family. Yeah, you probably this character has probably not left their family very frequently, or maybe mm. even ever. Mm. And so, leaving the family, the protective family unit, and sort of striking out on one's own with a group to do something that big, 
would have a major profound impact on some characters. Yeah, probably uh, expose them to a lot of cultures then, uh, maybe a lot of... Uh, Culture shock. Yeah, especially if they get to go to an alienage. Oof. Um, it is also definitely worth noting that if you're that city elves think that you are the coolest thing around, you are the bee's knees, and you think Dalish have many different opinions, right, depending on the Dalish but clan. if you're an average Dalish elf, you've probably mentioned the term flat ear once or twice yeah. when talking about city elves. In that they're not real elves because they have they're the ones who gave up and submitted yes. to the humans. Granted. Which is not fair, and no. shame on you, but it and is that is one of the very popular Dalish mindsets. It is quite possible that your clan might have had to deal with a couple of city elves who ran away from the city to go run off to the Dalish, which is a, uh, a fantasy that, that just about every city elf entertains at least once or twice in their life. Yes. Just putting all this behind them and running off to the magical Dalish, where we're going to be the real elves, frolic in the forest. <laughs> well, be not in the forest, because that makes the trees very jealous. That's true. As Meryl has told us. She's, she's very correct. Yes. So, make sure that your PCs can get together okay. You'll have to talk to your GM about why the PC is going to leave. Um, as a possible suggestion, as uh, evidenced by uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, um, your char- if your character is Dalish, your keeper sends you on a mission to go you know, see what's going on in the outside world. Maybe they need to go get some information, or maybe they need to find something, or maybe you just need to go contact another clan and send a message. Mm-hmm. Um, some Dalish, uh, especially uh, very experienced ones or ones who are very well trusted, will be sent out for special missions. <coughs> um, and in the, ca- in the case of your PC, you were sent out to kind of grow, I guess? No, yes. Uh, she wasn't so much sent out as she decided to go leave. Mm-hmm. She wanted, because she was going to be Tekken in command, she wanted mm-hmm. to be able to know more about the world she was guiding her people in. That's true. So she decided she was going to take a year or two and go and see the world and find out what she could learn about it. It was a heck of a year or two. It really was. <laughs> Boy, she learned some things. You learned. started a nation and all that. Seen some things. It was oh, weird. Yes. Um there's lots of ways. If you've oh, yeah. got a, an all-elven party, having Dalish characters can make everything so cool. Oh, yeah. Especially if you've got a mix of Dalish and city, city elves. You get some weird, like, culture meshing, and it's, it's it gets interesting. Yes. I imagine that many city elves and Dalish will not get along as well or bond quite as closely as our city elves and Dalish mm-hmm. elves have. Quite possible. But uh, that can that conflict can be an interesting point for character growth as well. Yes. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I think one final note about the Dalish is it is probably worth it to learn a bit of Elven. Yeah. Because the Elven language already is kind of broken, and, mo- and, see, and most of it is just, like, phrases or specific words that the Dalish remember. Mm-hmm. However, um, you can speak Elven. Yes. It's true. There is enough of a language left. It's not readable very much. Like, there's mm-hmm. very vanishingly few things written in Elven. Oh, yes. But you, as a Dalish, if you have that background, you can speak both trade tongue and Elven. <laughs> yeah. So, you can carry on conversations with your fellow elves if you don't want the, you don't want the shams to hear it. Um, very but, useful. Uh, if you take a look in the core rule book, uh, in Chapter 7... Let's see, goodness, where did it go? Uh, there is a very handy, uh, well, there's also some ancient history about the Dales if you start on page 175. I definitely recommend reading some of that because you'll learn plenty about the elves and right in the core rule book itself. Um, but if you jump into page 178, you'll find a sidebar about elven and it has a couple of elven phrases that you could, that you should probably, uh, take and you should probably like write down somewhere and remember that your, your, your elf probably knows how to say it, such as things like, uh, Andaran Atishan. Meaning, I dwell in this place, a place of peace. It is a formal elven greeting. So it's likely mm-hmm. something that maybe two clans would say, start saying to each other when they meet. Yeah. And a less formal version would be Anathara. Hmm. Anathara. Let's see. It, is a, it just means my safe place. It's more of a, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And if, you're, uh, if your elven character stubs a toe, feel free to shout, Venonis. Because Venice. that would be the popular curse. Mm-hmm. The Elven Curse. Mm-hmm. There's, There's so a, many phrases that oh, you yeah, can yeah. definitely check out. And page 178 of your core book should have mm-hmm. at least a small list yes. of uh, Elven things to say. And, of course, there are wikis out there that can give you mm-hmm. 
Lots, lots more. Yeah, you can check out the Dragon Age wiki. If you happen to own the World of Thetis Volume 1, page 32 includes a collection of uh, elven, let's see, of elven words and phrases. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, learn, of, let's see, brush up on just a little bit of elven, because there's only a little bit of elven to talk about right now, but you should know, but so you, so you can catch up on it really quick. Yep, and it'll really probably add a little bit of flavor to your elven yes. uh, character. It's definitely worked for our campaign. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I think that covers at least all the things we have time for at the moment. Certainly. We could talk about the Dalish for a long time. Oh, yeah. We definitely talk about our campaign, which has been very Dalish heavy. Yeah, but these people need to go start their own campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go do it. Or rock the campaigns they're currently in. Mm-hmm. Never again. And then tell again. us about them. Never again submit. Nope. Don't let so, those Shem boss you around. Don't let those Shemlin tell you what, you, what to do. Um... So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is a super. This is a super cool thing. Go play more Dragon Age. Uh, we'll join you. We'll talk. We'll have more stuff for you next time. This is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. Thanks again for listening. You guys have a good one. Bye bye. Bye guys. Bye.